Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Threes of Crowd podcast uh, with your host, Latre Gant. Um, just wanted to, you know, check in with you guys. You know, uh, we back today, uh, you know, recording the podcast, uh, discussing the NBA finals. Um, I know it's kind of been a minute um, since I've recorded here for you guys. Um, but first off, I want to say I appreciate every single one of you guys that do listen to the podcast. Uh, when we do record, uh, we always get great feedback from you guys um, and great listens. So um, I'm trying to be more consistent with you guys. Um, I know we just had a lot going on uh, with myself um, and Trey. You know, he's got a new job. So we're sitting here trying to pump up these um, recordings here for you. I like to say you guys show it a ton of love when we do record so i uh, want to thank you guys for that and i just wanted to kind of reward you guys with a podcast um here today um kind of wanted to discuss the nba finals uh you know you know your boys always watching even if i'm not recording uh you know follow me on twitter at baby jesus underscore 14 uh you know i'm always uh tweeting about the nba um so i kind of wanted to discuss today the nba finals and the golden state warriors you know capturing their fourth title in eight years against the boston celtics um and going into that you know there's a couple of topics i wanted to get off my chest here today um, so I kind of wanted to discuss the uh, finals, just my thoughts on the finals. Um, kind of wanted to discuss Steph Curry's ranking uh, now that he has captured his first finals MVP. Um, you know, where does that put him? Does that put him top 15, top 20? Hell, maybe even top 10. Uh, I'll let you know my list and see where that uh, finals MVP has put Steph Curry. Um, kind of wanted to go over some early title favorites for next year. Uh, once again, you know, free agency hasn't started on the draft. So uh, this will be as is, of course. Um, so we'll just uh, give you some of my early thoughts on next year's uh, title favorites for the NBA. Um, and then also uh, just kind of discuss um, Jason Tatum's performance in the finals and why I think it's somewhat overblown and why I think it's something that he can uh, overcome um, moving forward. Okay, um, so let's go ahead and get started into our first topic here today, uh, which is the Warriors capturing their fourth title in eight years. Um, you know, I want to say that the Golden State Warriors obviously captured the title uh, yesterday. Um, beating the Boston Celtics uh, 103 to 90. Uh, Steph Curry had a phenomenal game with 34 points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. Um, Andrew Wiggins tripped in with 18 points and six rebounds and five assists. Uh, Clay Thompson does Clay Thompson things, <laughs> shoots five for 20. Uh, five rebounds and two assists. Uh, Draymond Green uh, with 12 points, uh, 12 rebounds and eight assists. Um, and Jordan Poole off the bench as the main contributor with 15 points, uh, hit all three of his three uh, three pointers. Um, <coughs> excuse me for the um, Boston Celtics. We had Jalen Brown uh, with a phenomenal game at 34 points, seven rebounds and three assists on 12 of 23 shooting. Uh, Jason Tatum had a stinker, and once again we'll get into this a little bit more in depth. Uh, 13 points on six of 18 shooting uh with seven assists al horford had a pretty good game cannot lie uh with 19 points and 14 rebounds uh but the downfall really nothing from the bench grant williams three points Derek white two points uh marcus smart nine points so you know not a lot from the uh others as shaq likes to say um so i wanted to kind of discuss the series here because uh to me this series was just the um uh, you know, it's kind of like the epitome of, you know, youth, 
uh, versus experience. And not that the Boston Celtics are young in a sense of not really having experience because uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, kind of that core of they've been to some conference finals. But I think what you saw in this series uh, was the difference in nerves uh, going from like a conference finals to an NBA finals. And I think the Golden State Warriors showed that championship medal, that championship poise, uh, that has made them such a great dynasty over the last eight years. Uh, their ability to win on the road, their ability to weather storms. Um, I kind of tweeted about this, you know, them boys have been through wars, you know, figuratively, of course. Um, you know, they, they've been through battles. They've been on the road. They've had to win um, a game six on the road against KD and, and Russ. You know, they've had to win being down 2-1 in the grindhouse against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, like, got back off here so um they've shown the ability to bounce back no matter the situation um so they have championship pedigree um and so nothing is going to scare steph clay or draymond um in the big moment and i think uh the boston celtics you know after they kind of stole game one the warriors really dominated the entire game and then <clears throat> excuse me at the start of the fourth quarter um steve kerr uh, kind of put a lineup out there that couldn't really score um and so the boston celtics were able to kind of uh you know chip away and win the game and also they shot pretty good from three with role players that really aren't shooters and so it wasn't really sustainable uh the golden state warriors go ahead go ahead and beat them in game two pretty convincingly you know game three uh the boston celtics come out as kind of like their pride game of like you know we're the boston celtics we don't lose at home you know so the they kind of uh, shot the lights out, uh, but the Warriors, to me, outplayed them. They just, you know, kind of shot themselves in the foot, missing open looks, uh, turning the ball over, um, and so they end up losing that game. And then game four is the virtuoso by Steph Curry, the 43 points, um, you know, just showing, once again, that championship medal, being able to um, uh, be on the road, withstand uh, multiple runs from the Boston Celtics in the in, in the TD Garden crowd, uh, but keep their poise. Clay hitting big shots. Draymond with great defense and big rebounds. And once again, Steph Curry just hitting big shot after big shot after big shot. Um, and so to me, that once again, they showed the heart of a champion, which goes back to a podcast that I did uh, back in 2021. So if you don't mind, go checking that out. Um, but they did a podcast on Steph Curry and the Warriors and kind of just once again, the heart of a champion. Um, and they showed that once again, um, you know, these guys aren't rattled. These guys have been through everything you can think of on a basketball court together. Um, Steve Kerr as well. So, um, you know, they showed that championship medal and went in their fourth title in eight years. And so uh, that kind of transitions into my thoughts on Steph Curry, <coughs> excuse me, uh, finally winning his first finals MVP. Um, you know, I was very um, happy for him uh, that he was able to finally capture his first finals MVP because it was so well-deserved. Um, he got robbed in 2015 when the voters got cute and gave it to Andre Iguodala. Um, and I think this should be a warning to voters. Do not get cute when it comes to these awards uh, because Steph Curry had to hear about it for five, six years that he never won a finals MVP, even though he clearly was the best player in the 2015 finals. Do not let the Twitter narratives fool you. Steph Curry deserved that finals MVP. He basically averaged 20, 26, 6, and 6 uh, on his usual pretty high percent shooting. Um, 
gave the business to Della Vadova in Game Five and sent that man to the hospital because um, he could not guard Steph Curry. So uh, once again, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, he should be a two-time Finals MVP instead of a one-time Finals MVP. Uh, but I think what you saw when the Golden State Warriors finally won, and you saw Steph Curry crying on the court, I think what you saw was just all the emotions of. Uh, he kind of just it kind of all built up for him to let it all out if that makes sense you know you had kd uh tearing his achilles against the raptors you had clay thompson you know tearing his acl against the raptors so there was no guarantee that they were going to get back here you got to remember after clay tore his acl uh obviously they lose to the raptors in six steph plays his heart out but it's not enough um you know they get they come back the next season you know steph is uh you know what I believe the second game in or third game in against the Phoenix Suns uh, breaks his hand. So season loss completely done. So you got Draymond out there with the crew and uh, they win 15 games, you know, and then coming into the next year in 2021, they thinking, okay, we're going to have the crew back. It's going to be Steph, Clay, Draymond. And then Clay, you know, uh, unfortunately tears his Achilles like literally right before the season starts. So now he's out without his wingman again, him and Draymond, um, you know, it's basically him and Draymond um, leading the pack. Um, they lose a play-in game because, you know, Draymond wants to be a podcaster like me and can't make a floater. Um, so they lose to the Memphis Grizzlies in the play-in game. And so, once again, there was no guarantee that the Golden State Warriors were going to get back here. And I think Steph Curry knew that. Uh, you remember, the, the going into the season, the West was going to be loaded. You had the Clippers. You had... Um, you know, the Lakers with AD and LeBron, you had obviously the Phoenix Suns who proved to be the best team in the regular season. Once again, you had the Dallas Mavericks, you had the Denver Nuggets. Um, so there was no guarantee that the Golden State Warriors were going to be this juggernaut to get back to the finals. I do remember going into the season, I did think that they had a strong chance to get to get there just due to their roster and due to um, ironically Clay and Steph being hurt. Guys like Jordan Poole and Wiggins and um, uh, uh, Looney and uh, obviously the rookies, they had a chance to really play and give minutes. Juan Toscano Anderson. So this year, when you get a Clay Thompson back, you get a Draymond fully engaged. Um, you know, you're able to get an auto porter who can be a starter. Now those other guys that were starters are now depth pieces. And so you really saw that with a guy like Jordan Poole, who instead of now starting is now coming off the bench. And so now that firepower that was starting is now coming off the bench. And so now you're a much deeper unit. Um, and so, um, I think that helped them out a lot. Um, and like I said, they just showed their championship medal beating the Memphis Grizzlies, even without jaw. I still think they would have beat them even with jaw. Um, and once again, you know, they beat the, the Dallas Mavericks pretty handily because one guy is not going to beat the Golden State Warriors, no matter how great you are, Luka. Um, and so I think what you saw, once again, was just the emotion of Steph Curry understanding the process of getting back to the NBA Finals and this not being a foregone conclusion like it was when they had Kevin Durant. And he understands, hey, you, you, if they don't close out game six, who knows what happens in the game seven? God forbid somebody can get hurt like Clay Thompson did in game six. You could just have an off shooting night. You know, it's kind of what happened to them in game seven against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had a chance to close them out in game six. To me, they kind of didn't take it serious. They're kind of like, we got game seven in Oracle and we're not going to lose. And obviously LeBron and Kyrie happened. So um, I was glad they kind of, you know, finished their food and took care of business in game six in Boston. And they're now in 
NBA champions. You know, um, I'm happy that Steph Curry got his finals MVP. Uh, Well-deserved. Once again, he should have two of them things uh, because uh, the voters screwed him out of it in 2015. Um, but I'm happy that he got his finals MVP, got his due. And when you look at look back at Steph's peak, I mean, you know, for he pretty much has a seven year peak now from basically 2015 to 2022. Um, I mean, you got four rings in that span, two MVPs, um, one you not a unanimous MVP. Now he has his finals MVP. Um, you know, it's not much you can really, you know, complain about for Steph Curry. Uh, once again, you know, shout out to Dub Nation. Uh, shout out to Steph Curry. I have a couple episodes on Steph and the Warriors um, here on the feed. So if you want to go ahead and check them out, uh, please do. You know, like I said, Dub Nation is always good in my book. Uh, shout out to Steph Curry. Uh, going ahead and getting that ring. Um, so that kind of transitions into his opponent, Jason Tatum. Um who did not have a good series. Um, let's just be honest. Um, he got outplayed head-to-head uh, when it came to the star matchup. Uh, Steph Curry averaged 36 points, seven rebounds, and four assists uh, on 55% shooting um, from the field. Uh, Jason Tatum basically averaged 22, um, seven, and seven on 37% from the field, 46% from the three, and 65% from the free throw line. And just quite frankly, that's not going to get the job done. And I do understand it was his first finals. And I think a lot of the, um, I don't want to say hate, but a lot of the kind of like pot shots that are thrown to Jason Tatum um, is mainly due to, um, you know, kind of his dedication to Kobe Bryant um, and kind of showing that he wants to uh, dedicate the season to Kobe wearing the Kobe armband. Once again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, uh, wanting to uh, promote your idol and, and show love, especially uh, to the tragic death of the way Kobe and Gigi and all that perished in that plane crash. And to everybody that watches this podcast or listens to it, you know how me and Trey uh, feel about Kobe being Bryant. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll never hear some slander out of us for, for trying to respect the bean. Um, but I think that's where a lot of the uh, kind of criticism comes from. Uh, because people think he's corny, you know, doing what he's doing uh, for the pod, uh for the, uh, you know, in the podcast eyes, it's kind of like, oh, he's trying to do this to be Kobe, even though he's just trying to be Jason Tatum. And I think um, him playing poorly just kind of fed into that narrative. Um, but I think him playing poorly was mainly due to, once again, lack of experience um, in the NBA Finals. I think he sometimes forced it, uh, was looking for calls that weren't really going to get called in the NBA Finals. Um, they were going to let him play. Um, and I think that he kind of was not able to play through a bad whistle. Um, and I thought Andrew Wiggins did a great job of uh, sitting on him, pause, <laughs> just being able to sit on him, uh, being able to sit on his drives. Um, because Jason Tatum, as great as he is, he's not a truly explosive athlete. Um, so he doesn't have the just blow by quickness to get to the cup at any time. So he kind of is kind of stiff and he kind of settles for long jumpers. Um, he's kind of square to the rim with his dribbling. Um, so once again, he lacks that explosion and that looseness to just get by a defender whenever he wants. And I think a guy like Andrew Wiggins was like his worst nightmare uh, because Andrew Wiggins is not only quick, but he's also strong. And once again, this is something that um, a lot of players have got to understand. And this is something that me and Trey have kind of harped on when it comes to people talking about scoring in the NBA. Whenever you're struggling from the outside, you know, whether that's shooting the three balls, shooting the mid range, you, you know, your handles kind of loose. The best thing you can do is just get on the block, man, and, and truly develop a post game 
and truly get easy buckets. And I think that's the next evolution in Jason Tatum's game, Devin Booker's game, um, even as, as skilled and score as he is, Kevin Durant's game of truly being an elite scorer is being able to truly back down your opponent at any time and get whatever look you want from the mid-range. Um, and I think there's too many times Jason Tatum uh, lacks the footwork or the core strength to truly back his defender down. And he just takes fallaway jumpers that are he- heavily contested and just quite frankly, tough shots to make. And I don't care how great you are. Those are tough looks. And I think uh, for the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum, that's something they need to work on in the all season is for him to just truly uh, work on his post game. Because uh, I think that can truly unlock the rest of his game. He's already an elite defender. I do think he's a really good passer. I thought he made some great passes out of double teams. Um, so I think he's more than willing to be a passer, and he has great vision. Um, but he needs to work on his post game. And the Boston Celtics, they have got to get a point guard. It's just as simple as that. Marcus Smart at the one is just not good enough. He's a good at the two. He's good off the bench. But as a, as a point guard, he just lacks the IQ uh, to truly get the Boston Celtics in good sets. He lacks the IQ to get them mismatches, whether it's in the pick and roll or just in the half-court offense. Um, there are plenty of times that the Warriors were just switching Steph Curry on Al Horford. Once again, I don't know if that's a game plan thing or if they were just doing that on their own because they felt like Al Horford couldn't punish them enough. Uh, but they just kept switching him and they would just not pass. And Marcus Smart would not pass the ball to Al Horford. For whatever reason, it seemed like he just didn't understand that Al Horford is 6'11 and Steph Curry is like 6'3. Um, and that Al Horford should go down there and punish Steph Curry. He just It seemed like he just didn't understand that. Um, so I don't I don't get that. So um, once again, you know, shout out to the Boston Celtics. Hell of a season. Um, but I just think there's a couple of tweaks they need to make if they truly want to get to that next level um, and become a champion. Um, so um, I kind of wanted to now segue into my discussion with Steph Curry. Um, where does this finals MVP? Where does this championship put him in the all time rankings? You know, for some people, they say, well, uh, this puts him top 15. This puts him top 20. Um, some say top 10, some even say top five. Um, I do think that him winning this finals MVP and his fourth title, I think this firmly puts him in the top 10 of the 10 greatest players to ever live. Um, I just don't see how he cannot be in the top 10 after, uh, this finals performance. Um, you know, to me, he has submitted himself, uh, in my eyes as the greatest point guard to ever live next to Irving Magic Johnson. Um, I think his ability to shoot the basketball, pass the basketball, um, and just be an overall threat has now. It's just, you can't deny it. Um, and so, right now, once again, I think he has cracked the top 10. For my top 10 all time, once again, you guys know how I deem a lot of this. This is eye test, this is peak, um, not only longevity in awards, but kind of like who would I take you know if you're at the at the park like who who are the guys that you're going to take uh to truly win you a game uh so my top 10 is going to be uh number one Michael Jeffrey Jordan 6-0 in the finals you know enough said he's it's Michael Jordan uh two is going to be Kobe Bryant we've already had the discussion why he's ahead of LeBron James LeBron James is going to be third uh once again I think those guys are the three greatest players to ever live. And I do think there's a, a pretty big gap between them and everybody else, um, personally. Um, so number four, we have Magic. Even though I do have uh, Curry as the greatest point guard ever, I still have Magic four 
only because of the rings and the finals MVPs and also his impact on the game has has to be stated. Uh, five, I have Kareem. Once again, six rings, the MVPs, dominated in college, enough said. Number six, I have Shaq. Shaq is someone that's kind of difficult to rank um, only because he doesn't have the longevity of the other players. But if we're talking peak dominance, Shaq to me is one of the five to six like best forces of all time as far as there's just nothing you could do with him in his prime. Um, he to me he he would body will he body um, uh, Bill Russell um, any center pretty much is going to have trouble with Shaq. Um, at seven I have Hakeem. I think Hakeem is severely underrated. Um, to me, he's the the second greatest power forward of all time behind Duncan. But and the reason he is ahead of Duncan is only because, once again, I go by eye test, not just accolades. I think that Hakeem was a better player than Tim Duncan. I thought he was a better scorer. Um, I think he's a better defender. I think he was a better playmaker. And once again, other than rings, I do think if you switch Hakeem with Tim Duncan, I think Hakeem wins just as many rings as Duncan, if not more. Um, at eight, I have Steph Curry. Once again, I've kind of just made my case for Steph Curry. Greatest shooter ever. Uh, four rings. Uh, now a finals MVP. Once again, his peak in basically seven years. Four rings. Six finals appearances. Uh, two MVPs. One unanimous. You know, okay. <laughs> Number nine, I got the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. Five rings. Uh, the Spurs, one of the greatest dynasties of all time. A defensive force. Uh, he's a little bit lower on my rankings than a lot of other people. I understand. Uh, for me, uh, once again, he got some rings as a role player along with Kareem. Um, but Kareem does have six in the MVPs. Uh, once again, I'm just dunking, you know. Okay. And number 10, I have Larry Bird. Uh, three finals, three MVPs, uh, the finals MVPs. Um, to me, the right now, the second greatest power forward of all time behind LeBron James. Um, so, you know, shout out to Larry Legend. Right outside the top 10, at 11 and 12, I will have Wilt Chamberlain. I have Kevin Durant. I have Bill Russell at 13. And then I have Dwayne Wade at 14. Um, so that's kind of my top 14 right there. So once again, it's going to be Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Hakeem, Curry, Duncan, Bird as my top 10. And then kind of my next four are going to be Wilt, Kevin Durant, uh, Bill Russell, and Dwayne Wade. Um, and so once again, you know, you kind of got it, guys. Give me your thoughts in the comments on my, on your top 10. Hey, give me your top 10. Uh, tell me, you know, kind of where you rank these guys. I would love to hear your guys' opinion on uh, where you got these guys ranked. Um, and I'm always here for discussion. Okay. And then uh, here, lastly, for my next topic, just going to discuss kind of some early title favorites uh, for next year. Um, you know, Right now, Golden State, to me, has to be the favorite, uh, not only because they're the defending champs, but they are getting James Wiseman back. Uh, they do have a couple draft picks, um, so they can always add, um, you know, some rookies. Also, maybe trade some of the uh, uh, capital that they have for an established uh, veteran. I do think they need a wing and they definitely need another big. So um, if they can get one of those two options, I think the Warriors are the team to beat. Uh, right behind them in the West, I think you're going to have Phoenix. Once again, if, if Chris Paul comes back healthy ready to rock and roll uh phoenix like i said i still think they're a talented team booker mikhail bridges um you know and deandre ayton's the big wild card there if deandre ayton's not there um i'm gonna have to knock them down a peg but right now he is on the uh, phoenix sun so right now i think uh, they're probably the second best team in the west third i'm going to stick with the uh grizzlies um 
I, I think that they're right now, um, they have a really good team with Ja, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. You know, they just have a young core. And I think them going up against Golden State this year uh, taught them a lot and showed them a lot on how to win. Um, you know, right now, I'm probably going to have the Clippers at four. Once again, this is assuming health that Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. Um, ironically, the Clippers might, even though they're not going to be number one, they might be the best team in the league next year when you look at it. I mean, Kawhi, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, uh, Zubak, um, you know, so they, they're going to be canard. They're going to be loaded next year. Um, you know, then you got the Lakers, you got the Nuggets. They're kind of all those teams that are fighting for the fifth, six. You got the um, Dallas Mavericks, of course, with Luka uh, now acquiring Christian Wood at the time of recording. Um, so the, the West is going to be a bloodbath next year. Um, in the Eastern Conference, I kind of see it as a lot more clear to me. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are clearly the best team in the East um, right now. Uh, with Giannis, as great as he is, uh, they took the Boston Celtics to seven games, and he had Chris Middleton uh, out. So basically, it was Giannis and the crew took him to seven games. Um, I think Giannis is uh, right now. I think him and Steph are the two best players in the NBA. Um, so I think right now it's um, you know I think they're running the East right behind them. I'm going to stay with the uh, Boston Celtics uh, once again. I think if they can get a point guard to replace Marcus Smart. I think they're going to be cooking with gas next year. Um, then you got the Miami Heat, you know, Heat culture, Jimmy Butler, Bam, uh, Kyle Lowry. You know, I, I think Pat Riley is hell-bent on trading for a star, uh, whether that's uh, Bradley Bill, a Donovan Mitchell. I think the you're going to see a shakeup for the uh, Miami Heat. And then you got the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie and KD. Ben Simmons, <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. Once again, you know, um, you don't know if Kyrie one day is going to wake up and want to be a part of the NAACP. You don't know if Kevin Durant is going to be able to just, you know, be that guy night in and night out for 82 games. You don't know if Ben Simmons needs the epidural for his back, you know, whatever. So, like, you don't know if he wants to show up to work. Um, so the Nets are a mess. But, you know, if healthy, I do think that they can make a run. But just right now, I just, you know, there's too many too many unknowns for me to, to put post the Brooklyn Nets as uh, serious title favorites. Um, and then, you know, the Hawks are near and dear to my heart. Trey Young's my favorite player. Um, if they're able to pull off a, a blockbuster trade uh, to get him some help, I think I do truly think the Atlanta Hawks uh, can make some noise out there. So, uh, but for now, like I said, I would say my early title favorites, my top four would probably be Golden State, um, Golden State, Memphis, uh, the Bucks, and the Clippers would be my top four going into next year. Um, like I said, once again, this is you know June seventeenth, so no trades or or uh, free agency has happened at the time of this recording. So. Um, but once again, man, um, just want to thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Uh, like I said, trying to be more consistent with these, um, uh, moving forward. We have some stuff for the NFL coming up. Uh, once again, we are going to have a, a podcast discussing free agency targets, um, the draft, uh, what some teams should do to try to upgrade their team here in the summer. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, if you haven't, like I said, check us out on uh, in the iTunes store, um, Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review if you love the podcast. Uh, please share with your friends. It, it helps us grow immensely um, if you're able to do that. Uh, and also just leave a comment, you know, uh, tell me what you liked about the show, what you don't like about the show. Once again, give me your top 10 rankings in the comments. So, um, but once again, want to thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. Um, and you guys be easy until next time. Peace.